Let's pray. Father, just thank you for this time um, to look in your word and your word behind the story of Pilgrim's Progress. And I just pray that there would be clarity and good learning. And Father, that you would just bless uh, with liberty and freedom now. And we just pray this in your name. Amen. All right, how many of you run marathons? Anybody here run marathons? Okay, how about half marathons? Okay, nobody still. How about 5Ks? Anybody here run a 5K? Okay, well, anyway, Frank Meza just broke the record for marathons as a 70-year-old. 70 years old, ran the LA Marathon in a record time of 2 hours, 53 minutes, and 10 seconds. That is a 6.36-minute pace. That is blazing for, for most people, as well as a 70-year-old. He obliterated the second-place guy who came in at 4 hours and 10 minutes and 7 seconds. Anyway, Frank Meza is a doctor in California. He has founded a running club. He's a cross-country and track coach, and 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 uh, just an incredible guy, but 70 years old. Well, the officials decided to investigate, and guess what they found? Yep, he cheated. He left the course and re-entered it at another spot. Uh, he totally denied it, stating it was bathroom breaks, which further incriminated him, uh, because this time is so incredible. How could he do it with bathroom breaks? And then they produced some video of him, where that shows him taking a shortcut, and, and getting back on in another spot. So he cheated and he was disqualified. Shortcuts are never worth it. Shortcuts never work in the long run. Well, today, Pilgrim runs into two guys who are taking a shortcut. They're cutting the course. And they're trying to take a shortcut to heaven. The name of one is formalist. And the name of the other is hypocrisy. Formalist and hypocrisy. Now, as we've been studying the book Pilgrim's Progress, we've seen that Pilgrim has come to faith. He followed the narrow way that was fenced with a wall called salvation. And he has stood at the foot of the cross. And the burden of his sin at the foot of the cross has fallen off. And it has fallen into the grave. He has come to faith in Jesus. Soon after that, he'll meet these two men. And we pick up the story with these words. He espied two men come tumbling over the wall on the left hand of the narrow way. They made up a pace to him, and the name of the one was formalist, and the name of the other, hypocrisy. Why came you not in the gate, it says later on, which standeth at the beginnings of the way? Know ye not that it is written that he that cometh not in by the door, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber? Their reply, that to go to the gate for entrance was by all their countrymen counted too far about, and that therefore their usual way was to make a shortcut of it and to climb over the wall as they did. What do we learn today about pilgrim? What do we learn about formalists and hypocrisy? The first thing is this, if you're taking notes. There is no shortcut to heaven. There is no shortcut to heaven. To be saved, we must come and stand at the foot of the cross, bow at the foot of the cross, fall at the foot of the cross, we must repent of our sin. And we must place our faith in Jesus and Jesus alone who died for our sins. But there are some that look for shortcuts and they like to jump walls and they believe they're going to heaven. And those kind of people, some of them are formalists and they are hypocrites. You may say, well, what is a formalist and who is hypocrisy? Well, let's look at formalists first. A formalist is someone who holds strictly to religious traditions. 
they're very consistent with religious rituals. As a matter of fact, they can be more dedicated than some Christians. Uh, Their church attendance sometimes is even better than Christians. And, and, And they'll serve and give tithes and offerings, even join churches. But their formalism is a dead formalism and it's a dead faith. Their faith is in what they do, trying to be a good enough person. Not in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And there are sometimes formalists who believe that traditions count for something in the eyes of God. These traditions are so important. And some of them will argue, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. As long as you're sincere. And maybe you've met people like that. It really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Formalist is one man. Hypocrisy is the other. Worse off than formalist. Formalist convinced himself that he's good enough, but hypocrisy is just outright living a lie and he knows it. He plays the part of a religious person and he plays it really well. Now we're told in this story that both of them are born in the land of vainglory. Vainglory means this inordinate pride in oneself or one's achievements. And so these are proudful men, proud of who they are and their achievements. One of the passages that John Bunyan quotes is John 10:1. Know ye not that it is written that he that cometh not in by the door, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of John. John chapter 10, verse 1 through 10. And as we've been going through the story of Pilgrim's Progress, looking at the scripture behind the story, there are some days that we look at many different passages, more of a topical type message. There are other days that we'll just look at one passage. And tonight, we're just going to look at one passage. We'll start off with the context of John chapter 10, and then we're just going to focus on verse 7 through 10. Verse 1 of John 10. Truly, I truly, 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 I say to you, He who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way. He is a thief and robber. What we've just seen John Bunyan quote in his book, Pilgrim's Progress. Verse two, but he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse six, this figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were, which he had been saying to them. Verse seven through 10. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. We'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Now, the context of this passage is Jesus' confrontation with the religious leaders in John chapter 9. And the confrontation was over a man born blind that Jesus healed. And this man who's born blind, they kick him out. The religious leaders kick him out of the synagogue. He's the one that uttered those famous words. One thing I do know that whereas I was blind, now I what? Now I see. And so this man has been kicked out of the synagogue because of his faith in Jesus. And the religious leaders don't like his response. The religious leaders are the wall jumpers. 
They are the formalists in Jesus' eyes. They are the hypocrites in Jesus' eyes. And not only do they try jumping over the wall of salvation themselves, taking a shortcut, but they are the false doors that lead others astray as well, encouraging this dead formalism and this hypocrisy, spiritual hypocrisy. Now, let's look at Jesus' explanation in John chapter 10, verse 7 through 10. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So the first thing I want you to notice here is Jesus is teaching. You've got to come through the door. You can't take shortcuts. Okay. And he says, truly, truly, there's no confusion. There's no doubts. There's no wondering where to come in. There's a lot of different doors to this building. There's only one main entrance. That's where you come in. He's like, this is who you come through, through me. And it's very personal. He says, truly, truly, I say to you. So these are Jesus's words to me. And these are Jesus's words to you. And he says, I'm the door of the sheep. I am the door. It's present tense. So the door of heaven never changes. And it's never removed. It's never replaced. It can't be duplicated. And and sometimes we hear, as an illustration, heaven is like a mountain with many trails to the top. I, I got news for you. Heaven is no mountain. You can't climb it. There are no trails. And the only way to get there is to be transported by Jesus. That's it. And your faith in him. You know the verses, Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. John 14.6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There's no shortcuts to heaven. We got to go through the door. Another thing we learn here is this. Any other door is the wrong door. Any other way is the wrong way. Any other door is the wrong door. Any other way is the wrong way. In verse eight, all who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. All the other doors, they're thieves, they're robbers. The the religious formalists are the thieves. The religious hypocrites are the robbers. They offer men shortcuts to heaven, but there is no shortcut to heaven. And they're full of pride and full of works of religion. They not only lead themselves astray, they lead others astray. And it says here, but the sheep did not hear them. See, true followers of Jesus Christ will not follow false shepherds. Amazing research, as I was looking at this passage and looking into commentaries, they talk about shepherds. They talk about shepherds who pen all of their sheep up at night. And sometimes there's multiple herds of sheep from multiple shepherds, and they'll all be in this same big pen area. The next morning, one of the shepherds will come to the pen area, and he will just call the sheep. And only his sheep will respond, and they will follow him. And another shepherd will come. And there's all these sheep from all different herds. And he will call his sheep. And only his sheep will follow. Follow the voice of your shepherd. Follow his voice. How do you know his voice? You know his voice because of the word of God. The better you know the word of God, the more you will understand what your shepherd sounds like. Listen to the voice of God as you listen and read the word of God. I found it funny. Somebody said, if you want to hear the voice of God, 
read your Bible. And then they said this. If you want to hear the audible voice of God, read your Bible out loud. (laughs) And I believe it's true. You're not going to hear a voice of God in the sky. You got to get into the word of God every single day so that you recognize the voice of your shepherd. So come through the door. Any other door, any other way is a wrong door away. Here's another one. The right door brings the right results. Verse nine, the right door brings the right results. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. We'll go in and out and find pasture. I am the door. This is repeated a second time. And he uses the statement, I am, which is very, very important statement. It's a reference to the deity of Jesus Christ, that he is God. It's a reference to the great I am of Exodus. There are eight I am statements in John. And this is one of them. I am the door. And if anyone enters through me, so there is a choice that must be made for every person. Romans 10, 13, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever. So we must make a choice. And the right door makes all the difference. He says he will be saved. We'll go out and go in and out and find pasture. And so there is deliverance. There is salvation. You will be found safe and sound. You will be eternally secure. You will be saved. If you go through Jesus, the one and only door. And it's the right door to find pasture. He says, you'll go in and you'll go out and you'll find pasture. And and we're going to see this in just a moment. This looks to the life that we can have in Jesus and life abundantly. So we come through the door and any other door away is the wrong door away. And the right door brings right results. And then in verse 10, we see follow the good shepherd and go through the right door. There, there is a contrast here. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So the thief ultimately is a reference to Satan. But it is also a reference to formalists. And, and hypocritical religious leaders who lead people astray. And he says, you need to understand something about our enemy and these false religious leaders. They come to steal and they come to kill and they come to destroy. To steal. And we know this about the religious leaders. They exploited people financially. They took advantage of poor widows. You can see that in Mark chapter 1240. They turned the temple into a den of what? A den of thieves. Matthew 21, 13. They would even steal from their own parents. Instead of giving gifts to God and to his work, they would call them Corbin. You can see this in Mark chapter 7, 11. And they would withhold taking care of their parents, saying, oh, we would help you. But they were greedy. And so they would say, well, this is Corbin. We've, we've dedicated this to God. And it says here, they steal, they kill. Previous prophets were killed for declaring the truth. They're plotting to kill Jesus. John chapter 11, 49 through 53. They steal, they kill, they destroy. And that's what lies do. They lead people astray and they ruin lives and it brings death and even damnation. But Jesus, in contrast to the thief, says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Life is eternal life. We have life. But he also talks about abundant life. And this is the provision of the Lord and the security in the Lord and the needs that are met in the Lord. And it's the thief that takes life. It's Jesus that gives life. And he gives you life to the full. And he gives me life to the full. 
And you may say, well, I don't feel like I have the abundant life right now, Pastor Scott. And life is really hard right now. The abundant life doesn't mean a life without difficulty. Let me say it again. The abundant life does not mean a life without difficulty. Let's get back to pilgrim and formalist and hypocrisy. Soon after Christian sees formalist and hypocrisy jumping the wall, they encounter a hill called difficulty. It is very steep and it is very high. Christian is prepared to go up that hill and he knows it's going to be hard, but he's ready. Formalist and hypocrisy, guess what? They once again look for shortcuts and they find them because there's two paths on either side of this hill of difficulty. We read about it. In the book, let me, let me read. Now the name of one of those ways was danger. The name of the other was destruction. So the one took the way, which is called danger, which led him into a great wood. The other took directly up the way to destruction, which led him into a wide field full of darkness where he stumbled and fell and rose no more. Spiritual shortcuts do not lead to salvation. Spiritual shortcuts lead to damnation. And we need to be careful as Christians not to try to take any spiritual shortcuts as well. Not that our eternal soul is on the line, but there are consequences to taking spiritual shortcuts. God may want us to go through some difficult things. He may want us to go up those steep high hills. Don't be be looking for ways around it. God may want to take you through it to prove his faithfulness and to show you his strength. Remember Frank Meza, 70-year-old, broke the marathon record? Disqualified, though, after they found out he was cheating. About a week after the investigation went public, they found his body. Frank Meza committed suicide. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy The thief got a hold of Frank Meza. Instead of turning to God, he turned to himself and to pity. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Let's never forget the contrast between Jesus and the thieves. And the door that we have taken in salvation may we continue to follow that good, good shepherd. Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for these truths. We thank you for this man, John Bunyan. And may we be good Christians, looking forward to that day when we arrive at the celestial city. Thank you for being the door. Thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.